0: God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, and I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. I'm excited about today's message. If you're gonna, if there's ever a week that you're gonna take notes, you'll know when it's time to take notes. This is gonna be that week that you want to take some notes, and uh, I'm just gonna get into my uh, hunting attire. So right now is we're in the throes of, of hunting season. Bow season started October first, and. Uh, and November 15th starts uh, rifle season, gun season. And that's for here in Michigan for white-tailed deer. And, and something that the Lord impressed upon my heart when seeking his presence, uh, uh, the title of this message is On the Hunt for God's Presence. Um, and, and here's the interesting thing that you'll find out is um, you spend... How many hunters do we have in the house? Anyone hunt? we got a couple, two or three. Four. Okay, we got four hundred. This is going to really resound with you, the rest of you. How many have a hobby that you like that requires some money? You guys got a hobby that you like that requires some money? Here's my question to you. How much time, energy, resources, money have you spent on your hobby? How much time, money energy, and resources. Hunters, how long have you spent in a tree stand or a blind waiting for a deer to possibly come by? I've heard some people say, you know, uh, all day, three hours, four hours, or all day, they're, they're, they're like, yeah, I've spent a lot of time In the woods waiting for a deer to come. Or whatever hobby it is. How much time did you spend on those gadgets, those doodads, those things, all those things. And then you sit there and you play with it and you do it. Whatever it is, you spend a lot of time, energy, and resources on those hobbies. Those things that make you happy. I'm not saying those things are bad, but my question to you is this. How much can you compare that to seeking God's presence? Spending time in his word. Meditating before him. Singing praises to him at home. Do you spend as much time in this word as you do on Netflix? On whatever soap opera, Telemundo, Univision, days of our lives, whatever it is nowadays that you got. I don't have cable anymore, thank goodness. Whatever it is, the NBA, NHL, whatever, major league, golf, hockey, whatever it is, are you spending more time watching them dudes run around, them ladies spin around, whatever it is, than you do in this here word? Chances are, yeah. But that explains why we don't have power in the church anymore. But if I have anything to do with it, if you will join me in it, We're going to see more testimonies. God doing something in my heart. I felt it stirring up. I feel a little stronger today than I was last week. Because we did something about it. But that requires a little bit of sacrifice. You see, I've made a lot of sacrifices for for hunting. I had to buy this camo. I I had a pop-up line I was going to put up here, but it's already at deer camp. I called two or three other guys to borrow their pop-ups. It's already at deer camp. I almost went and bought one, but I didn't feel right about spending money on something that I'm going to end up trying to use for deer camp. There are many similarities between hunting for white-tailed deer and trying to get into God's presence. And one of the ones is, you know, you got, you've got to go to that place. You've got to go where the deer are. Sometimes in your day-to-day life, we know that okay. Let me stop this because I don't want nobody trying to call me out later. Talk to me like well, dude, God's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. Yes. Yes, He is. His manifest presence and the Shekinah glory is not. I'm gonna say it again. His manifest presence, meaning you sense and see or feel your senses in some way somehow recognize there's something there. And the Shekinah glory, the glory that comes that makes you fall down on your face because you can't stand before Him. The glory that says, take off your sandals because you're on holy ground. The glory that comes and starts to change things in you, you didn't even know that you were still struggling with anymore, but because His light is so bright, it casts out every element of darkness in your mind and in your heart. That's the presence that I'm talking about. That's the presence that I'm looking for. That sort of presence. And it's available to each and every one of you. It's available to us all. But here's the thing. we got to do like Jesus did. Very early in the morning. When do deer hunters get up? Very early in the morning. And sometimes I wonder why I even do it anymore. But get up early in the morning to go out to the woods. And to to a solitary place where he prayed. First, we must learn and read the Bible and follow Jesus' examples. He's telling us here what it is that we've got to do. And in his scriptures, he also tells us in Matthew 6, 5, that uh, he says, And when you pray, ye shall not be like the hypocrites. Now, that's not very nice of Jesus talking. He's calling people hypocrites. Well, if I'm to be like Christ, and he recognizes characteristics in people, and he labels it, We know he was pure. We know he was holy. There was no sin in him. If he made an assessment and labeled that assessment, was he judging or being evil or mad or mean? Oh, you guys just checked out on This is Jesus we're talking about. He saw something in some people, and he's calling it out, and it's all right. He didn't do it mean. He says, do not be like the hypocrites. He's warning us, don't do like they do, for they... Love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they pray that they may be seen by men. Some people just want to put on a show. I once saw a meme, you know, and it's and it talking about church and praise and worship. It's not about how much sway and how much rhythm you got, right? Because we get excited in a Pentecostal church. Right, we, we get excited. We can get all up in that. But if the presence isn't there, what does the scripture just say about what we just did? We, me and you. We, we just did hypocritical acts and we just got our reward. Whoever says, oh, what you, when you were screaming, I felt it. What did you, what'd you feel? What did you feel? Excitement, emotionalism? Enthusiasm? Sure, you felt something, but was that the Shekinah glory? Was that the presence of the Almighty Father, the King of kings, the King of heaven's armies? Was that Him? Don't, don't be like that, He says. don't Because don't, it says that they have received the reward. But when you pray, now this is talking about communion with God. Go into your room, other, re- other uh, renderings say go into your prayer closet. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Pray to your father who's in a secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Sometimes we can assess someone and not even have to, I don't got to read your mail. I don't got to look at your bank account. I don't got to look at your laundry, nothing. Because see, our fruits bear us out. And someone who's been in the secret place can recognize others who've been in the secret place. And the posers who think they have, who act like they have. But scriptures tell me how to identify them. If they're looking for the approval of man, they're looking to be recognized. They're trying to get up at every opportunity in front of people to to, 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 look at me. Praise God. You just got your reward. But there's no power behind that, there's no presence behind that. I am tired of playing church. I don't have time for it. I don't, I don't. Please hear my heart. I'm not hating on anybody, not this church, not the churches I pastored, where I came from or where I might be going. Here's the thing. I'm looking for the power and presence of God to change lives. Amen? I'm not looking for a show or a concert or anything else. Praise God. When we spoke to uh, C3 about coming to do it, we, we don't want a concert. We don't want a show. You're leading praise and worship. I don't have time. Shows and concerts are great. I've gone to some. They're wonderful, wonderfully talented individuals. Yes. But here, in this house, if it's a church service, we're doing it for his honor and his glory. Because I don't want to get swayed emotionally without entering into God's presence. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Look at this real quick. So when, when I go hunting, you've got to go prepared. And so, you know what's funny about this chair? It looks good. It's got the strap. I can carry it out there. But until you go someplace, you don't really know about it. You can talk about it. And this chair looks good. It's a good price. It's got a backrest. If I flip it up, it's really nice. But here's the thing with this chair: it's it's metal. So when you're walking through the woods and the leaves and the branches are hitting it, it tings and cling cling ting ting cling. Ting, So the first time I'm walking through the woods, clink, 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 every deer in the county (laughs) knows there's some knucklehead over there trying to sneak up on us. They all, they all left. So here I am with my fancy chair, looking good in the woods by myself, with no deer. But I was comfortable. Cause it's a sturdy chair with the backrest, everything else. Yes. No deer. I scared them all away. Ting, 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 ting. Yeah, it, it 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 makes a lot of noise out in the woods. Like, so uh, since then I've replayed. this one. Hangs in the garage more often than not, or goes to the fire, you know, at night for you know, smokes roasting uh, s'mores, but. Um, I don't take this one out to the woods anymore, even though it's more comfortable than the other one that has wooden legs that doesn't do that. It's less comfortable, but it's quiet. And it gets me into a place where I have an opportunity, I can see the deer. The other thing with deer hunting is um, when you go out there, you got to go quietly. That That's ideal. Because if you're not, it scares the deer away. It scares the other animals. And I don't know if, if you've never been out in the woods. The other animals will tell on you. You think I'm crazy, right? You get a squirrel that sees you in the woods, it tells everybody else. They bark. He's right here. You disturbed him. Now he's letting everyone else know. And they all talk and they all know, don't go over there. You think I'm playing? I'm not playing. You got to be stealthy. You got to be quiet when you're trying to enter into that place, get to your blind, where you can sit and wait for the deer. You got to be looking. You got to be anticipating. You got to know that you're in the right area and the right thing, the the right location. (laughs) You got to be paying attention. You can do everything right up until that point, but if you're not paying attention you lose your opportunity. So I remember one time I was hunting with my daddy. I, made that, I need an extra large chair, not a small chair. <laughs> Pass that on to Manuel. So I, I, had, I, had, I had a bait pile out there. I walked really stealthily around so I didn't cross the path that I thought the deer was going to cross because I didn't want them to smell me. Here's the other thing. They smell really well. And so you gotta, you gotta air out your clothes. You can't throw the clothes in the washer with the Tide, laundry soap, nothing else. No, 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 it's gotta be sitting out in the woods. It's gotta be, you gotta, sometimes I, I throw dirt on it. I, I, I bag it with leaves or whatever branches are in the area. I bag it up so it smells like that. When I go out there, I wanna smell like the wood smell. Sometimes you even put cover-up scents on your shoes so when you're walking out there, they think it's something else. I know it sounds crazy, but if you want a deer, that's what you gotta do, you gotta, you gotta be stealthy. You gotta go out there, you gotta do these things. And it reminds me of God's presence. You can't come up into God's presence stinking like death. Because what is sin? The wages of sin is death. death. Have you ever smelled death? A rotting carcass on the side of the road, or some roadkill, it's nasty. And that's you trying to get in God's presence if you haven't dealt with your sin in your life. See, the hunter's got to bathe. He's got to put nonscentic deodorants on. He's got to air his stuff out. They got scent blockers and and suits that I can't afford that will help you block it all, and then you go out. You can't even begin the journey to your stand until you've dealt with the scent because they will smell you coming. You can't even begin to go into God's presence until you've dealt with the scent of that sin in your life. It can't even start. It, it, it won't happen. It can't. The two can't exist. What do light and dark have in common? Nothing. And we're called to be light. Be holy as he is holy. So then you got the scent thing taken care of. You get out there. I'm, 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 I'm at my, my spot. I went all the way around so they couldn't smell me on the trail. I was sitting there. And guess what? They don't come all the time when you expect it to come. I'm waiting for the deer. It's, it's, you know, daylight comes. It's usually when they come, just as twilight. And, you know, the, it's coming. I'm like, yes, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Nothing. I get bored. I get tired. I fell asleep. I fell asleep in my stand waiting for the deer. Well, I was woke up really violently when I heard someone else gunshot shooting a deer off my pile. It was my dad. He was coming back to get me for lunch. It was about noon, and usually they would have already come out, but today they came out really late, and he said he sat, and he waited, and he waited, and he's watching these deer robbing me, eating off my pile, having a, a Thanksgiving feast on this pile. They're eating it up, bunch of them just sitting there. And he's like, why ain't Felix shooting? He's looking at my sight. He's looking at the piles, looking where my blind is, looking at the pile. Why? And then he started laughing. To He said, that boy fell asleep. Well, I'm going to show him. What did Daddy do? He shot a deer off my bait pile because I fell asleep. He got my blessing because he was ready. I got three-quarters of the way, but I didn't finish because I got distracted. I let my flesh tell me what to do. My flesh said, you're tired. Go to sleep. And was, I got up, and all I saw, because deer have white tails that wave bye-bye when they, when they go, and I saw them all leaving, and he comes up just laughing. My dad's got a good belly chuckle. He says, you were asleep, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> that night when we come out for an evening hunt, that was a morning hunt. We, we got it. We took care of it. We come out, and I saw my dad. He's hustling. He's moving. He's moving fast. I said, what are you doing? Oh, I got to get out there. got to get out there. All right, yeah. Urgency. He wants to go out there. He he got a he got a taste and he wanted more. So when I come back, guess who's sitting in my spot? Dad's sitting in my spot. He said, Well, you ain't gonna do nothing about it. You're just gonna fall asleep. You go to my spot over there. Sometimes when you relax, I was talking to a sister about this earlier. Sometimes in the kingdom of God and and in workplace too, this somebody take notes. You you get to that spot and then you relax. Be careful. Be careful, if you're not growing, you're dying, there's no standing still. When Relaxation in any place grows into complacency. And then someone else who's hungry or motivated comes up, they're going to surpass you. They're going to move past you. They're going to get the blessings that perhaps were intended for you, or at least you could have gotten, but you stopped. You grew complacent. You, you weren't looking anymore. You weren't hungry anymore. And now someone else comes up, and they're hungry. They're on fire, and they will pass you up. They'll pass you by. And then if you're not careful, jealousy and bitterness will set in. Like, who do they think they are? You start hating on them. You start getting critical of them. But it ain't their fault. They're just hungry. You can get it too. You just got to pick up the pace. And now you got a hard lesson to learn. I've, I've had to learn this in the work, work world. My boss came to me, hey Felix, man, listen, you're here, you're doing good, but this guy, these couple guys that we just hired, they are hungry, they're motivated, they're going, I'm like, oh, I'm good, I got this. Sure enough, they passed me up. They got the other promotions that I I had my eye on because I grew complacent. I learned my lesson, I'm like, oh shoot, let me get let me get ready. But now you gotta wait for the next opportunity. I gotta wait for the next deer. I gotta wait for the next encounter. Here's something that we we should remember: is this this is a refresher, a lot of you know this. Our body is made up of body, soul, and spirit. We're three parts. And this is important because we, we gotta deal with all these parts if you want to get into God's presence. This is just recap. Mind, body, soul. And your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. The, the, we gotta deal with these things. Your body is your flesh. That you got to deal with, and the spirit is self-explanatory. It's important to understand this because as we go on, uh, in order to get into holy of holies, I have this diagram here of the uh, ark, uh, the the tabernacle, excuse me, of the Old Testament. If you put that up, and we're gonna we're gonna break this down real quick. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go quickly and. I'm just going to try to gauge and see how you guys are are coming along. There is a path, a way, and an order in which we are to enter into God's presence. If you want to go visit a king or the president or a CEO, you don't just walk into their office. It doesn't work that way. There is a path, a protocol, a system that you've got to follow in order to get into their presence. Does that make sense? You think you can just walk in unannounced and just get your way in there? Oh, no, no, no. There's going to be a bunch of security. There's going to be protocol. There's going to be uh, the secretary. They're all going to sit there, and they're going to try to stop you. Similar with the kingdom of God, and you're trying to get into God's presence. First, we have to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Why are we thankful for when we're entering in? We're thankful that there is a God who can forgive, a God who can heal, a God who can provide, a God who can give peace, a God who is a light in our darkness, who can give comfort. That's why we're thankful. So here we are. We have the outer courts. The outer courts is a strange place. You still are doing and in the right place, but the outer courts are people waiting for their sins to be forgiven and those who quite haven't gotten there yet. This is something I want to tell you about the outer court. It deals with the flesh, sacrifices. They would bring their animals to be sacrificed on the brazen altar. But while yours is getting sacrificed, there's someone else and your sins are forgiven. The guy behind you, his sins aren't forgiven yet because he hasn't got up there yet. So the spirits he's dealing with are still in the same area that you are in. In the outer courts, there's demons present. Don't be deceived. They got permission to go wherever they're allowed to go. Now, I know, I'm going to talk about some spirituality, some demonic forces and spirits. This, you know, it might sound New Age, it might sound like some psychobabble, but it's true, I can prove it in Scripture. And secondly, you might hear New Age people talking that way, they're only tapping into something that God created, but they're perverting it, and they're using it for their own self, pleasure, worth, things of that nature. That's But just because they use the terminology, just because they tap into it, you hear them talking about meditation and karma and all these things. God mentioned it first. They're just perverting it. Okay? So when I mention those things, we had it first, not them. Taking it back. Like the rainbow. It's not theirs, it's ours. It's a promise of God. Amen? Amen. Oh. So here we are. We're we're in the outer courts. There's the the sacrifice for sin, then there's a washing. Two separate events. You can ask God to forgive you of your sins. and I've mentioned this before, so I'll just breeze over it. He can forgive you, but you still got to be cleansed. Right? You got that thing that you stole? You ask God to forgive you, He forgave you, but you still got to go return that thing back that you stole. There's the washing aspect. Right? Can I get... All right, I'll get real with you. you got that dirty magazine. You ask God, forgive you, but now you got to clean up. You got to go get that thing and throw it away. You've been gossiping. Factions dissension creating chaos the division you've had a critical judgmental spirit you ask God to forgive you he has but now you got to go straighten up those conversations that that junk you just spread what does that look like hey brother sister listen I I spoke out of line I spoke out of turn scripture says touch not my anointed or he says, don't 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 be like that and I was like that and you know what you know and I know if I'm saying that about them to you you know I'm talking about you anyway to them So I'm confessing that, and I'm asking you to forgive me, and and let's agree to not do that no more. See, that's a hard conversation, isn't it? But it's real. Are you going to be a fake church or a real church? Are you going to play church, or are you going to be the church? See, there's things that we got to do, and and interestingly enough, when we sin, it's not about punishment necessarily. It's about, do we disqualify ourselves? Right, Because if that's what we're doing, do we have the mindset to serve? Right? Do you want a thief and a robber being your preacher? I'm not. I get background checks frequently. I'm not. But if I was, that would mean I'm not, it, removing me from the pulpit wouldn't be punishing me. It would be saying, you're not spiritually where you need to be to be feeding them, why don't you work on taking care of yourself, getting yourself where you need to be first, and then you come. We see a verse like that. Don't take don't worry about the plank. Or excuse, don't worry about the speck in your brother's eye when you got a plank in your own. Don't worry about trying to get my little one out when you got a big- It sounds silly, but that's what the scripture says. First, you know what? I'm not saying that you can't see that eyelash in my eye and that you can't help me. But first, before you stick anything in my eye, go take care of your vision. Go take care of that log. Take care of that first. Then then you can come help me. But until then, you're not in a position to. You may notice it. You may see it. But you're not in a position to do anything about it until you take care of your own. So then we have... The washing, then there's the holy place and the holy of holies. These are the interesting thing with these places. The holy place is a place that it starts to get serious. You're entering in and there's, there's three articles of furniture there. The table of showbread, the, uh, the, the lampstand, which the, the table of showbread represents the word of God. The logos word and the rhema word. The lampstands represent his, his presence, the Holy Spirit. And then there's the altar of incense, which is your praise, your worship, and your prayers. Day and night, night and day, let praises rise. There's another rendering of this as let incense rise, and my wife changed it. She likes praises better, but they're, they're, they're together in that. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. What He's talking about this holy place, that altar of incense. Let it rise. Those candles in there never went out. That was one of the jobs of the priest. Let there always be praises. Let there always be worship. Let there always be magnifying God continually at the church, the holy place. The enemy only has access to this area if you allow him. In the outer courts, he can go wherever he wants to. Do you guys get that? Outer courts is where we're dealing with flesh. Inner courts is a mental battle. If you go to the next slide, maybe this will help us a little bit. I divided this up. We saw the different rings for body, soul, and spirit. Now we see these rings representing the areas that they affect. In the outer courts you're dealing with the flesh. In, in the outer courts, you're dealing with your sin. You're dealing with the cleaning up. It would be the place where the hunter is trying to get the scent off of him. It's where the Christian gets the sin off. It's where you get your cleansing. It's where you get your victory. Before you can go into the holy place, you first got to stop there. You can't, there's no bypassing, there's no back door to the most holy place. There's no other way in but through there. But here's the thing you're still in church. The whole place is church. Are you following me? It's the tabernacle. You're in church, but there's stuff going on in the outer courts. So then we go to the holy place, the blue, which represents the soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. When you go into the presence of God, this is the interesting thing right here. This is where the battle really is. The most people know if they got something they need to confess. Most people know if they need victory over an area in their life. You don't really have to beat people up on that. You know, we love, here's a saying that society don't like, but the scripture says, uh, it doesn't say it. Scripture doesn't say it, but the principle's there. Love the sinner and hate the sin. The principle's there. You won't find that as passage in scripture, but the principle's there. What it means is, I love you because God loved you, because I was once a sinner, God loves all people, we should love all people, but here's the thing, your behavior is unacceptable, right? So here we are in this this middle section, we're dealing with our mind, and scripture says we must tear down every stronghold. Strongholds are mental battles. Some of you are battling with insecurity, and it's withheld you from stepping forward in ministry because you feel inadequ- inadequate and insecure about your talent, skills, and abilities, and you think God can't use me. That's a lie from the enemy, and that has to be dealt with just as badly as someone who's a thief, a gossip, or an adulterer. Why? It's holding you up. It's a stronghold in your mind. You've got to give victory in your mind. So the way this works is when you're at your house in your prayer closet and not everyone has a prayer closet like war room you see the movie war room she had her closet and here's where the mental battle is remember when she first started she's in her war room she's eating chips and she's got soda pops and she's sitting in there she's supposed to be praying but she hasn't developed those spiritual muscles yet see you're supposed to be awake in your dear blind if you want to get that big buck but you're like oh my goodness And, and I'm telling you everything hurts while you're sitting there for that long you, every nerve ending, you're not supposed to move, you're not supposed to scratch your nose, everything itches all the same. It, it's a mental battle. So here you are, you're sitting, and your mind is supposed to be focused on the Lord. So you go to the Lord, you're in your prayer closet, and you, and you confess, you say, Lord, forgive me for this, this, and that, and that. I call it settling up with God. you got to settle up your bank account, you got some things you owe, you settle up. I can't go any further... Until I settle up. I settle up with God. You, you, you ask him for forgiveness. You ask him for cleansing. You do all that stuff. You, you, you're, then you go in because now you're clean. You can go into the next place. Now you're in here. Now it's a mental battle. That's where the battle is. Because now you got to be still and know that I am God. you got to be still. When you're in the deer blind, I can't be like playing the tambourines, video games. I can't have my phone. Beep, 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 playing the game. No, they hear all that. I gotta be still, I gotta be calm, I gotta be looking with expectancy. Is are the deer coming this way or that way? Which way is the wind blowing? How am I gonna navigate this? If I shoot, what shooting lanes do I have? I gotta be looking, I gotta be expecting, and it's pretty soon you do go. I, I can't speak about other people, I sometimes go into this zone where I just like I hear every little snap of twig, everything around, and I'm just fixed, and if anything moves in my field of vision, I see it, or I hear it. You get into this zone. And we got to get into the zone spiritually. When you're waiting on the Lord, you got to give victory of your mind. Your mind is going to scream like a drunk monkey. Ah! Ever seen a drunk monkey? They eat uh, fermented fruit. They're missing their branches. They're yelling. They're throwing their dung at each other. They're just screaming. They're running around. Your mind does that. Oh, I got to clean the dishes. Oh, I got to do the laundry. I don't got time for this. I got to go there. I got to do this. I got to fix that. I got to do this. I gotta... Your mind's going all over. I got to paper due. I got to read that book. I got to do all these. Satan's attacking, Satan's attacking, Satan's attacking Yes, you got homework, yes, you got stuff you got to do Oh, uh, yes, you're tired, yes, your knees hurt from bowing Or your hips hurt or whatever, then sit down But stay focused on the Lord So you got to tell your mind to shh You got to control your mind That's so, that's one of the hardest parts Controlling your mind Tell your mind, shh, quiet Sometimes I envision a broom Sweeping that thought away Whatever tool that you got to use mentally to get that focus and to get into that zone, you got to use that tool. And sometimes in the early stages, it's a battle. You're gonna want to check your phone. Your phone's gonna ding, ding. You're like, oh, I gotta check that. It might be emergency at 3:30 in the morning. No, it was your news feed. Now, because you got up from that spot to go check that phone, you got to start all over again. to get back to where you were. First you deal with your flesh. Then you feel, deal with your mind. You got to give victory over your mind. And this is where, this is why it's so hard. And this is why you can tell who's been in his presence and who hasn't. Who has the discipline to enter in. And when you enter in, it changes you. You don't come out. You cannot get into God's presence and leave the same way you were. So the last part is your spirit man. Once you've meditated on the Word, thank God for the Word. Ask Him for a rhema word. Receive that. Once you've pray to, uh, to the Lord about His giftings. The Holy Spirit brings wisdom and counsel and might and power, tongues, interpretation, uh, holiness, a righteous fear. And then you offer your worship to the Lord at the altar of incense. And as you worship, He says He inhabits the praises of His people. Uh, day and night, night and day, let praises rise. You're throwing up praises. And as you're throwing up praises, He's releasing glory. And as you do that, it opens up that, that section, whatever it is, that you can enter into the most holy place. And this is also, I, you see here, I have ask, seek, and knock. See, you're asking in the flesh. You're seeking in your mental area, and you're knocking with your spirit. Only spirit can enter into that most holy place. I'll explain that just briefly. When you finally got victory over your flesh, you got victory over your mind, and you can focus. You get everything into alignment. Like a hunter, you got your scent controlled, you got your sound controlled, and you're focused. It's only till you get all those things in alignment before you see something, before it creates an atmosphere that that deer is present. See, God is everywhere, but you got to create an atmosphere where he's welcome. And he only comes where he is the one focus. You can't be focused on your job, your career, all your prayer needs. He knows your needs before you ask him. We ask because. We have not because we ask not. So we do that stuff. We pray about those prayers in the other chambers, in the other rooms. But when we enter in, it's just you and him. And from experience, I'm going to tell you, as soon as you, your mind wanders to something else, it's gone. Spirit lifts. Similarly, when I'm sitting there, and I've had this happen, Lord, I'm being really transparent today. You guys know I'm not that great of a hunter. I love hunting. I'm not that great. But I do have some experiences that I've learned from. I might even see the deer draw my rifle up and forgot I had the safety on and just that little click they're gone. You're like, what? You're shooting. You know you didn't get none. Poor squirrels like running. Rabbits are like, don't go over there. Crazy similarly, when you're in his presence, you have got to stay focused, one mind, one heart in accord. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Everything's got to come into alignment in that place. And as soon as anything drifts to the flesh, to worry, doubt, fear, time, ache, any of that stuff, because there is an ecstasy in being in his presence. There is an awesomeness when you're there. But as soon as you wander adrift, either way, it's a tightrope walk. Just like me clicking the safety on my, on my rifle and the deer is gone. As soon as you drift to something fleshly, because no flesh is allowed in God's presence. You're there, uh, your spirit man is there. Now as New Age talk is you're transcendent, you're spirit man. You, we know you have a spirit man, right? When your spirit is grieved, you, don't, you didn't feel their, their heart, their hurt, excuse me. But because you have a kindred spirit, when someone's grieving, you grieve with them. That's your spirit man. You're not, it didn't happen to you, but you're transcending. It's a kindred spirit. Your spirit man reaches out and, you're fa- and he says, bear one another's burdens. It's not just carry my books with me, but what concerns your brother and what hurts them should hurt you. What grieves them should grieve you. That's the spirit man. That's him at work. And that, uh, that, in a brief way, explains transcendence of your spirit, man. Because you're not over there. Sometimes you get the call of someone grieving in another state, and yet you grieve with them. That's the transcendence of your spirit. God transcends all time, space. We can pray for someone in another country, and if it's the Lord's will that they're healed, they'll be healed. I don't got to be there. I don't do that. But my spirit connecting with God, there. So, when you're in the most holy place, you've got to keep it tight. Focus, stillness, be still and know that I'm God. If you want a deer, be still and know that if you move, they ain't coming. I draw the similarities because that's where I'm at. You can draw your own similarities, but here's the thing. I want everyone here to have the tools to get into the most holy place. Because it's in that place Your problems seem nil. They melt away. If money can solve your problems, you don't really have a problem. If doctors can solve it, you don't have a problem. See, in God's presence, everything changes. Things seem minimalized. All you think is, how awesome are you, God? How glorious are you, God? We sing a song today. It says, take the coal, cleanse my lips. Here I am. It's a story of a prophet in the Bible who, who was transcended into heaven, and it was so holy, he says, I am undone, I am ruined, I am a dead man, God is too holy, I can't do this, I can't be his messenger, I can't carry out this work, and God sent a, a, a heavenly creature to cleanse him, and said, you'll still be my mouthpiece, you, you can still speak for me, but make me your focus, that's what God's saying, I want to be your focus, focus of your mind, your heart, your will, your emotions, and still your body. When you do those things, and when I become the focus, I will show up. A.W. Tozer wrote a great quote that explains this all. When the eyes of the soul looking out meet the eyes of God looking in, heaven has begun right here on earth. When you're looking and you're focused looking for God, and he's already looking for you. It's when your eyes connect, when there's a union of your, of your spirits, that that's when he can start to do a work in you. That's when stuff happens. And Psalms 46.10 says, And he says, Be still and know that I am God. In Isaiah 40.31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That only happens when you learn to wait on the Lord. That waiting on the Lord is not too dissimilar waiting on the deer. They got great ears, they can hear. You can't be moving, shuffling your feet, and the leaves are rattling. You can't be, you know... They see every movement. you got to be still. got to be quiet. you got to be ready. Safety off. You don't, when, when they finally show up, you can't be fiddling. you got to be ready. When the Lord shows up, you can't be checking your phone. You can't be doing anything else. He's your only focus. you got to be ready. And then and only then you get your prize, your blessing. That blessing, according to this scripture right here, they shall mount up. With wings as eagle, they will be renewed in their strength. How many need to be renewed in your strength this morning? We get a little bit here at church, but it's in your prayer closet where you're going to get the renewing, the refreshing. It's in that place, that secret place, where you're going to get the victory over those things that have been kicking your butt all week long. And God's saying, "Come to me. I'm I'm the one." I remember when my little brother would stir up some trouble, and he'd come and run behind me. And those guys be coming like oh what'd you do this time? But as my brother, it didn't matter what he did. I stepped in. See, we gotta run and hide behind the wings of Jesus. You see, I'm tired of the church being wore out. I'm tired of the church being brokenhearted, walking in despair. When you got people in church, you know they're battling something. Their face is downcast. And I've said it to people here, and I don't mean to be judgmental or uh, condescending. And, they, they, and I said this morning, I was like, some of you need to let your face know that Jesus is alive and well. You tell people you're blessed, but you're looking like you're going to beat somebody up. Where's the love? Where's the joy? Where's the expectancy of Jesus, where is that? And if you say you are his son or his daughter and you got Jesus in your heart, then something's not right. If that's how, if you're downcast, where's the joy? Where's the victory? Is he not your Lord? If he is, then we gotta, my my guess would be your journey to the holy place has been interrupted. Or if you entered in, you didn't stay very long. And here's what happens. I'm going to wrap it up with this. And I hate to quantify things of, 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 of spiritual nature, but we do see a pattern here, right? You do see a pattern? All right, step one, consecration. Consecration means cleaning it up. True repentance. Not saying the words, God, forgive me for I sin." See, it can't be, I'm sorry I got busted. That's not true Repentance. That's not, you hit, you hit your little sister, tell her you're sorry. Sorry, I'll get you later. No, 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 no. True repentance is consecration. Second, adoration. Adoration means true worship. Expressing love to God. True adoration. Three, manifestation. When we praise Him, He comes. When you feel that presence coming... Then you resign to it. Step four, resignation. You resignate. You give your will over for God's will. I want to get up and go do something else right now, but you are the key right now. I want to go check my phone, my email. I want to go do these things, but right now I resign to your good and perfect will. Then there's an inclination. He's going to drop a seed thought or something that you've got to do or deal with because he loves us enough not to leave us the way we came in. He's going to give you an inclination of something. you got to follow that thought. Stay focused on him. What he gives you, you follow that. And as you allow him to deal with you in that seed thought, he brings revelation. God will show, tell you things, make deposits in your life. He will bring revelation to thoughts and worries and doubts and fears. He's going to let you know why that's happening. Some of you are wondering, why does it seem like I can't catch a break? Four flat tires, two busted cars, and a partridge in a pear tree. Whatever the case is, it just don't seem like I can catch a break. There's something who knows? You may have created that situation, but you also might be under an attack, spiritually speaking. Spirit of poverty, lack and limitation. Spirit of fear, want, doubt, worry. You might be dealing with something, and he's going to let you know what it is so you can fight it. So you can get victory, Amen. He brings that revelation. Then there's the impartation. We accept and receive that revelation that he gives us so we can do it. Right? When someone tells you, hey, like, this is this is what I do. So if, if Brother Chris ever took me to where his monster bucks are, and he says, Pastor, you sit right here, and you look down this way, and they should be coming from the east to the west, and in about this time, you might be able okay. to... I should follow those instructions if I want to get the big buck he's telling me about. Right? If Jesus is revealing something to you, you should probably follow those directions if you want that victory. And he's always talking. Oh man, the Spirit just dropped something. He's always speaking. Have you tuned into his frequency? Have you shut out the noise from the outside? See your prayer closet's got to be away. You got to set it up, and it's not always a prayer closet. Uh, we had a small house where we where we just came from, and I had to have a prayer time. Cause every room was occupied. There was nowhere to escape people, so I had to have a time. My time was three thirty in the morning in the living room. And I'd cover every light because we, you know, everything nowadays got the TV when it's off has a red light and your router has a blue light and all these lights. I'd go around covering anything. Why? Because I got ADD. It would distract me. Like, look at that light glowing over there. Okay, that's me. So I covered all the lights. I didn't like to kneel on the ground because it hurt my knees, but I want to show him reverence. So I put a pillow down. And then I get cold. This is your body messing with you, right? So I get a blanket. Then it's hot. I kick the blanket off this is the battle while you're trying to get you think i'm playing the ones who don't understand because you ain't tried yet but when you tried you know you're like yes not only are you hiding and this other thing happens and your head's hitting the front you get neck cramp whatever you can start falling asleep and what do i do then we'll wednesday nights we'll discuss the how to's the details of that later but what i'm telling you is the truth and there's freedom and there's liberty and there's victory there's renewal and strength and deliverance in his presence but we got to make that journey we got to be willing to make that journey and that takes sacrifice you may not get as much sleep but this is what i know this is what i've experienced the times the lord woke me up at 3:30 to go and pray and get in his presence when i stayed he refreshed me and i was good for the rest of the day if i didn't tarry until he came now nah, i was just dragging But it's no different than when you went partying on the middle of the the week and you got to go to work or school the next day. It's no different. You paid the price then. You can't pay the price to have an encounter with God. Come on, somebody. The last step, transformation of the person to allow God to flow and change in your life. You need to be clay in his hands. And I imagine if that clay could talk while it's getting worked, it's saying, ouch. Right? You see him there mushing it and flipping it and breaking it down and adding water and the Holy Spirit and moving it and massaging it. Why? To make something beautiful. Will you take that journey into the most holy place and allow Christ to work in your life? He's waiting. He's ready. He's waiting He's waiting on us. He's looking for us. We just got to align ourselves with him. We got to follow the directions and enter in. Amen. Mm -hmm.